Today's reading is from Exodus 18, 13 through 24. The next day, Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God, when they have a dispute, they come to me, and I decide between one person and another, and I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, What are you doing? What you are doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice, and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God, and you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you. You will be able to endure, and all this And all this people also will go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Rebecca. Um, Good morning. If you're visiting, I see a lot of moms visiting. So happy Mother's Day. My name is Matt, one of the pastors on staff here. And um, I'm going to pray for us. Father, thank you for bringing us here this morning, Lord. We, uh, We come in from all sorts of places. Lord, we're uh, tired, um, cynical maybe, dealing with a lot, um, a lot on our heads and our hearts and people in our life dealing with a lot of stuff, Lord. So we just ask, as we always do, that you would come and keep your word. You promised to meet us here in a, um, a really special way. And we ask that you would come through your word and um, your word preached and your word read and your word sung and change us, Lord. Don't leave us the same, Lord. Your supernatural power, use that to transform us and give us life. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, how many of y'all have ever hold, heard of Knowles National Outdoor Leadership School? I did that, so that was good. Um, <laughs> on, my tri- <laughs> on my Knowles trip that I did, I really did do that. Um, we went to Washington State. We were in this wilderness area. We were there for 30 days, and we were learning. If you don't know what Knowles is, it's like you, you learn how to be like a, leader, a wilderness guide. You learn all the wilderness survival stuff and how to do everything and <clears throat> all that. So um, while we were out there, there was a guy in our group named Will, and he was one of the least self-aware people that I've ever met. He was um, sort of like a real-life Tommy boy, um, just a a super lovable, friendly guy, but just like had no idea what was going on most of the time. And so one night we were making our camp at the top of this mountain. There was snow on the ground. So we were all like wearing a ton of layers and we were about to make dinner on these camp stoves. 
<clears throat> and so we had started the stove, and so there was a flame coming up, but there was nothing on top of it yet. And Will, his outermost layer was a big wool sweater. And uh, so he's kind of leaning back, and he's reaching over to get something across the fire. And he comes back, and he's kind of like laid up with his legs sprawled out, like laying on his arm. And there's just this giant flame <laughs> coming off his arm. And so we're on the other side, and we can see this, and we're like, Will, your arm's on fire. And he like didn't understand what we said to him. And I, like this image is burned in my brain forever. Is this guy laid up all cool? And he's like, no, I'm cool, bro. With like flames just shooting. And so the guy next to him just like tackled him and, and like rubbed out the fire and we, we, we got it all under control. Um, but he, he had all these layers on and he, hadn't, he didn't feel it yet. He didn't know it, but like, that fire was going to get through all those layers, and he was going to feel it really intensely pretty soon. Um, and that's kind of what's going on in our passage. Uh, we're, we've, we've skipped a couple episodes um, from in between last week and this week, but where we are now is Moses had sent away his wife and kids for all the plagues. That's probably, you know, I understand why he did that. Um, but his father-in-law, Jethro, has brought his family back to him to meet him where they are now. And so he's hanging around catching up with Moses, and he's watching him go through his day. And he's watching Moses sit as the leader of the people from sun up to sundown, judging between people, deciding disputes, instructing them on the things of God. And Jethro is, is watching his life and thinking, wow, okay, if this is what every day looks like for him, like this is not, not going to go well. And so he speaks into this process, um, into Moses' life, to help him see that his arm is on fire, and, uh, and you're not going to make it very long if you keep going this way. And so I don't think this is one of those passages that is uh, a very short step to where we find ourselves. Um, most all of us, our arms are on fire, and it's just a matter of like where it is and how deep it is and whether we feel it or recognize it or not yet. And what God is telling us in this passage is that we, we need to know that, and we also need to know that we can't see that by ourselves. We need help to see where we are from other people, and we, we need help to see who we are from other people and, and, and what it means to be human, and that not just to help us see, but like we actually need other people to help us carry our burdens because they're too heavy for us. Um, and so that's, that's where we're going this morning. So first, we watched Jethro... Um, he helps Moses to see where he is. Um, he helps orient Moses to where he is in his life and what's going on. Um, Moses is the leader of this nation. He's doing this work that God's called him to. Like He's, he's not trying to do something crazy that uh, doesn't make any sense. God has called Moses to be the guy to lead these people to freedom and to teach these people the word of God. So, so he's in the right place. He's following his calling that God's put on his life. Um, but... He's sitting alone. So think about this. He's sitting alone with an entire nation coming to him to help settle every single dispute and to help instruct every single person on, on what the law and the will of God is. And he's doing that from sunup to sundown every day. So I just want to pause there and ask this question. Does that sound healthy? Give me like a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Healthy, not healthy. Yeah, not healthy. Um, 
we all kind of see where this is going. This is not going to end well. And so Jethro sees this, and he just, he enters in and says, hey, what are you doing? And, and I think it's really, it's fun to think about the fact that that's his father-in-law. So for all you married people out there, to think about your father-in-law or your mother-in-law coming to you and saying, hey, what are we doing here? Like, how's, how's that going? How's that working out for you? Um, but I don't think it was like that. I think it was, uh, it was very appropriate and out of love. But he just asked, you know, what's going on? Hey, t- tell me about what's going on here. Like, what are, what are you doing here for these people? And um, Moses' answer is a great indicator that he has no idea that his arm is on fire. Because in verses 16 and 17, or 15 and 16, Moses says essentially this, I am the only one who can do this. This is so important, I have to do this, and the, peop- the people need me. Do either of those things sound familiar to you? In your own head? I have to do this because this is important. I have no other choice. Or, these people need me. Like, what would they do without me? So, if we go back to my experience doing this, like, outdoor leadership thing, we were in this wilderness area, which is, uh, the difference there is that there are no trails, there are no trail signs. So, we had maps and compasses, and on the maps, you're basically looking for landmarks and using the compass to try to figure out where you are and how you need to get to the next place. And so what would happen, it happened more than once, was uh, you see these landmarks and you think, okay, I'm looking for this in real life. It obviously looks very different when it's a tiny dot on a map. And so if there's like three ridges over here and we need to walk on this side of the three ridges and then we walk this much further before we make our next turn, um, we're like, oh, I think those are the three ridges. And so we keep going and then we, we like look up miles later and we're like, oh wait, those must not have been the ridges because we're lost. Like we don't know where we are right now. And there's always a need to go back and like stop moving and reorient yourself. And so that's kind of the first place here is like when, when Jethro is helping Moses see like, where are you? Um, a good application for us is to stop and ask like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Where am I right now in my life? Because it's just too easy. Like, have I checked back in in a while? Like, have I checked back in with God to make sure that, like, he's actually called me to this or he's still calling me to this or he's calling me to do this in the way that I'm doing it? Or did, did I just start moving in a direction a really long time ago and just put my head down and I'm running so hard and so fast that I haven't looked up to take a breath and see where I am? in a really long time. And so some, some good questions. Um, by the way, this, this sermon is going to be really, really um, applicable to real life. I'm going to give you guys homework this morning, okay? Because this is the kind of stuff that we can all sit here and nod our heads, and then nothing changes. Because what has to happen is like taking this truth that God is sharing with you today and asking him to, to actually walk with you and teach you what that means throughout the week. And so the first thing I, I want us to do this week is to take some time and just lay out your life before God. And, just, and before yourself. And just think, 
what are all the things that I'm doing right now? What are all the people that I feel like I'm called to? What are all the things that I feel like I'm called to? What are all these things that are keeping me busy? And just lay them all out there before yourself and before the Lord and then ask him to look at those things with you and say, did you call me to this? Am I doing this in the way that you're asking me to do this? And, and see what he says. And, and here's some good orienting questions for you as, you as you lay the map out again. Am I always tired? Like when people ask me, hey man, how you doing? Am I the guy that's always answering, oh man, I'm so tired. Or, oh, I'm so busy. Is that, is that always what you're saying? Um, how about, are you, are you getting cynical? Have we passed the, the cynical landmark a long time ago? Uh, are there things that bring you joy still? Or is it just you're just numb and you're just hard and everything is hard? And then lastly, um, are you ever refusing or asking, are you ever asking for help? Or when people offer for help, are you always refusing? Feel like, no, no, I have to do this. I'm the one that all, I have to do all of this. So, so Jethro is helping Moses to see where he is. But he's also helping to see where he is to show him who he is. And what do I mean by that? Well, in verse 17, um, it's like Jethro asked him, hey, what are you doing here? I just want to make sure I understand. And then Moses is like, okay, well, let me tell you. Like, I'm really important. The people need me. So there you go. And Jethro's like, yeah, I understood. Those are terrible reasons. Like, what you're doing here is not good. And like, in the Hebrew, it's like really strong emphasis. Like, what you're doing is not good at all. It is not healthy at all. And what does he say? Um, he says, essentially, this is the Lord speaking through Jethro to Moses. You know, God does that. Like, he speaks through people in our lives. And um, this is what Moses needed to hear. Even if there is a need, even if it is something that you have been called to, even if you have the gifts and abilities and even if you have the desire or the passion to do it, you still may not be called to these certain things. Why is that? How is that possible? Because there's one thing that Moses was not taking into account, at least one thing, is that God gives us gifts and he gives us passions and he gives us callings, but he also gives us something else. He gives us limits. He gives us limits. Like, he made us human. He says in his word, you, you're made from dust. Like, you're not Captain Marvel. Yes. <laughs> or Thanos. Um, <laughs> Avengers fans. So, yeah, he is... Um, I lost where I was. That was my fault. <laughs> It's a great movie. You need to go see it. Um, he, he gave us limits. And, and um, those are actually God-given. That's not something that God has given us as like this hurdle to overcome or to break out of our human limits and turn into cyborgs or angels who have no limits and can be more productive. Um, those are God-given and they are good for us. And so when we can't see our limits and we can't confess that we have limits and we can't live and learn how to start living within those limits, um, all that other stuff doesn't matter. 
Uh, because here's what's going to happen. Verse 18, what Jethro says, you are going to wear yourself out and you are going to wear out these people. And the word that he uses there is like for a plant, like withering. Like you're just going to dry up and die. You're going to burn out and nothing positive is going to come from this. And, and that's a really important thing to pick up too, is that it's not just Moses who's going to suffer, it's the people. Like when you are working out of burnout, the people around you suffer. Think about this. How many of you have ever been around, a, have had a parent or a spouse or a supervisor at work who is in burnout mode? Um, let's get our thumbs out again. Was that a positive experience for you or a negative experience? Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we're all on the same page. Um, think about It's like we, we're all like more than we want to admit, like little kids. How does it go when you ask a little kid um, if they're tired and need a nap? What happens? I remember doing this as a kid, and I watched this in my sons. Um, hey, I think you're tired. You want to go take a nap? I'm not tired. I'm good. Like, there's just everything within us, and that, like, points to something deeper than, like, being a little kid. That points to, like, our pride that's just hardwired in us, in our sin, is, like, I don't want anyone to tell me I have limits. I don't ever need a nap. I don't ever need a break. I don't ever need anything. And you may be out there thinking, like, but Matt, do you see how attractive I am? Do you see how fit I am? Do I also have limits? Yes, you do. <laughs> but Matt, did you see where my degree is from? Do I have limits? You do too. Do you see how successful I am at work and how much money I make? Do I also have limits? Yes, even you, sir, have limits. Like, we hate living in this reality that, like, we are limited. We, we are made of dust. Like, that's how we were made. That's okay. It's a good thing. Um, so, again, getting real practical, do you have somebody in your life, or more than one somebody, who has eyes on your life and will tell you, hey, things are not good? Like, what you're doing is not good. Or, have you scared all of those people away? By the way that you respond when they tell you that, or when they used to tell you that, and now they're long, long, long gone. Because you got so defensive and exploded on them that they're like, well, I'm never doing that again. And so now you're sitting there with nobody to tell you that, and you're like, yeah, nobody's telling me that, so I must be doing pretty good. Like, that's not what that means. So two Two very practical takeaways that, that I, I want you to actually go do this week. One is, um, I want you to think about two people. And, you know, you, you look at these qualifications that Jethro tells Moses for people he wants to help carry the burden with him. Um, think about a couple people in your life who are wise and loving and trustworthy, who love God and who love you. And go give them explicit permission to tell you whenever they see something that's not good in your life. And say, hey, will you do this for me? Because I really need that. I really need you to do that because I can't see that kind of stuff by myself. And maybe even go ahead and ask them, do you see anything right now that's not good? Um, and then maybe, if the first part sounded familiar, uh, part two would be to go to those people who you have scared away by being super defensive 
Um, I don't know what that's like in marriage, but some of y'all might. Um, <laughs> and go apologize and ask forgiveness for being so defensive and say, will you please come back? Like, you are somebody who had the courage, if it was somebody who did it in a healthy, loving way, like, you are somebody who had the courage to help me see, will you please come do that again? Um, and see what happens. And I'll tell you, like, God is going to bless that. Um, so we don't just need people to help us see, like, where we are and who we are. We actually need people to help us carry the burdens that we have. And that's, that's the next part. Um, these, these verses, like, 19 through 22 here, um, what Jethro says to Moses is he's like, hey, this isn't crazy or anything, but you just got to work within your God-given limits. Because what he tells him is, you know what you need to do? And, and I love in verse 19, what he essentially says is like, hey, you're the guy who is telling people all day long what they need to do, giving them instruction, giving them advice. They need to follow you. Will you now admit that you're also human and will you listen to me give you advice? And thankfully, Moses did. And, he, and here was his advice. He said, you know what? Here's what you need to do. Like, what you're doing is not good. You actually need to go keep doing everything that you were doing, but don't do it alone. You need to bring in people to help you. You need to bring in people to help you carry this burden. And, and this is where, again, it's hard for us because um, I know there are even some of, some of you right now, as we're talking through this, that are like, yeah, yeah, but you don't understand my job. Or you don't understand that I'm a single parent. Or you don't understand whatever it is that, like, I am alone and there is no one. I have to do this. And I would say to you, no, that's not true. Because nobody is above this. You are not as important and indispensable as you think you are. And that's what God is trying to tell us. And he has woven this reality throughout all of Scripture and throughout all of humanity is this theme of like, you will find life. God will give you life when you will lay down your pride. When you will lay down this little pretense that because of your career or because of who you are, that you're so important that you're above this. Like, that's, that's how you will actually find rest. And God will provide. Look at verse 23. This is, this is amazing. Like, God is speaking again through Jethro and telling Moses and us what will happen when we choose to lay down our pride and raise our hand and say, we need help. Listen to this. It says, God will lead you. God will actually, like, do you know that God will actually show up in your life in personal ways and actually lead you? and speak to you, like he will show you the way to go. He will make a way. He will lead you in the way that is good for you. Another thing that he will do is, is Jethro tells Moses that he'll be able to actually endure. Like God is going to give you what you need so that you will keep going and be able to do the callings that he has called you to. He will give you everything you need to do those things. And then lastly, he will free up everybody and you from your own burnout and bring this word peace is actually, um, we just don't have a word in English that encompasses this word. It's the word shalom. And it is not just, it is peace, but it's more than that. It's, it's welfare, it's wholeness, it's flourishing. Like when we can raise our hands and say, we need help, 
that is actually something that brings peace. We will be an agent of wholeness and healing and flourishing in the lives, our life and in the lives of the people around us. Um, so I want you all to stop right now and think about what is one area of your life? What is, what is the chief area of your life right now that is wearing you out and making you wither? Whether that's a relationship, whether that's a, a particular activity, what is that? You have that? Thumbs up? Okay. Okay, now that you've got that in your mind, I want you to actually ask somebody this week to help you carry that burden. And this is where, again, we're going to, some people are really fighting me hard still. I can feel it. I have spidey senses tingling. Like, okay, yeah, great. How am I going to do that, man? I'm an astrophysicist. Who's going to help me with those calculations? Like, <laughs> that's not what it has to be. Like, there are so many ways that people can help bear our burdens. Like, that can be you asking somebody to say, hey, will you just come and, like, sit with me or come and walk with me and just let me just exhale and get all this stuff off my chest? Will you come remind me what's true about me and about who God is and how he works in my life? Will you encourage me? Will you pray with me? Will you pray for me? Will you pray for my job or my kids or whatever it is that's, like, really killing me? Will you, um, you know, maybe it's physical help, and that's even harder to ask for sometimes. Like, hey, like, I'm having a hard time making ends meet. Or, like, could you come and just, like, watch the kids for a little while so I can get some fresh air? Or can you come and, like, give us a meal or something? Or, like, be in people who see that in other people and, and just doing those things for each other. And that's really hard to live like that. There's a... Um, a friend of mine had this, this story. He was like fresh out of college, didn't have hardly any money, and he was going to live with his family for a year. If y'all are familiar with the fellows program, he was doing the fellows program. And he, um, he showed up at this family's house, and there was like the first night event. There was like this big, you know, dessert kickoff thing where everybody came, and, and the family was like, hey, actually our car broke down this morning. Uh, could we take your car? And he was like, oh, yeah, no problem. And so... Um, so keep in mind, that was, that was easy for him. Uh, yeah, sure, you can take my car. And they're on their way there, and he looks down, and he's like, oh, man, I need gas. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to stop and get gas. So they stop off to get gas, and the mom hops out of the car, and she said, hey, I actually, I want to get gas for you. And he's like, and this was the hard part. No, 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 you don't have to do that. No, I, I know I don't have to. Like, I, I really want to. Um, no, 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 you can't do that. You know, it just went back and forth like this for a while and she finally just stopped him and like put her hand on his shoulder and she said his name and said if you can't receive a small gift like this from a friend how can you receive the grace of God in Christ <laughs> I guess I never did you know what I mean like what do you say to that like pump my gas um, but, like, that's a, she has a brilliant point. Because, like, if, if you say, I am a Christian, if you say, I believe in the gospel of Jesus, like, here's just a reminder of what you're saying. Um, it is this. 1 Peter 2, 24. Jesus, and I'm going to change the wording here to make it more personal. Jesus bore your sins 
in his body on the cross that you might die to sin and live to righteousness and by his wounds you have been healed. So like what we're saying when we say, oh yeah, I believe the gospel, that's great. We're saying like, I was so dead in my sin, so wicked, so separated from God, so helpless, so poor, so in desperate need of healing that it took the God of the universe becoming man for me so that he could take my sin, all of my sin, into himself and carry that heavy load that I could not carry all the way to the cross where he was nailed to the cross to death so that he could take my, my, the weight of my sin and all of these burdens off of me. But like when we interact with each other, we can't handle like asking for help. That's crazy. And, and I believe what Jesus is saying to us this morning through this passage is those two things can't coexist. You cannot raise your hand freely and say, I needed the God of the universe to come give me life because I was dead, but like I can't accept a favor from a friend. Like that does not compute. But listen to something else Jesus says. In Matthew 11, he says this. This is, this is the God who we serve. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will make you feel guilty for not doing more. Does he say that? No, he doesn't say that. I will reveal the seven steps to accomplishing more and being more effective. That's not what he says. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will what? Give you rest. Like Jesus came to give you, give you rest. Give me rest. But we don't live like that. We don't like receiving rest. We don't like being reminded of our limits. But he tells us that this is going to be good because he is gentle. He is gentle. He is humble. That is the God that we serve. He is humble enough and gentle enough instead of lashing out, taking our sins upon himself to death, and now in his resurrection, he is alive again. He is gentle and humble enough to lead us to good things for us, to give us rest for our souls. And so as we say that we believe the gospel with our mouths, we need to say that we believe it with our lives by asking for help. Um, this is how you practically believe the gospel, is you raise your hand and say, I can't do this by myself. Like, I need God, and I need other people to help me. Like, your arm is on fire. <laughs> and I want you to just, I wish I had a picture of that moment. But I want you to just think about, like, some dude casually laid up in, like, a skiing sweater with an arm just in a blaze. Like, I'm cool, bro. Like, your arm is on fire, and Jesus wants to give you rest. And so this week, go to him and know that you can trust him, that he is faithful to give you rest for your soul. And we're about to sing really three songs, but this first song we're going to sing is, um, I want you to really listen to this and internalize this as you sing to the Lord, because it's really him singing this to you. 
um, that you're not alone in the fire and that you've been set free. And I'm going to pray that for us. Father, thank you for being a gentle and humble God who loves us so deeply that you would come and do um, what we could not do and you bear, you bore our burdens and you continue to bear our burdens of all kinds, Lord. Um, the burdens of our bodies, but the burdens more of our souls. Uh, Lord, help us to believe that. Help us to walk in that. Help us to to come to you this week and ask you to unpack this more for us and help us understand and uh, help us um, just change the way that we live. In Jesus' name, amen.